Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast. I'm here today with Brianna Fear Keen, and she is the founder of The Ambitious Dietitian. And she's going to talk today all about the five secrets to getting your name out there in the nutrition industry. And I'm really excited about this one. I think we could all use a little bit of work with putting ourselves out there, getting more visibility. So I'm really glad Brianna's here to talk all about that. But before we get started, I want to tell you a little bit about Brianna. So again, Brianna is the proud founder of the Ambitious Dietitian. She started TAD four and a half years ago when interviewing new grad dietitians who were way past being that new grad, but still hadn't landed themselves a job in the field of nutrition. She combined her profession with her husband Daniel's marketing and web design expertise to help dietitians feel supported in pursuing a career in business to utilize the skills, knowledge, and expertise dietitians and nutritionists had. She wants dietitians and nutritionists to embrace challenges, make something of their own, succeed, and actually enjoy the process of being in business. She herself is a dietitian with over 14 years experience in the private and public sector. She claims she's never been a hospital dietitian and never will be. And she has worked in areas such as aged care, workplace wellness, diabetes, chronic disease, and bariatric surgery. And she is also a mom of four and juggled four kids under five in the first year of uh, Ambitious Dietitian. So very impressive. I'm so glad to have you here, Brianna, and thank you for being here today. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to chat with you and learn from you. I have been um, a fan of yours and a follower of yours for uh, quite a while. So, you know, to be able to talk to you and have you on the podcast is a real pleasure. So, yes, um, I would love to just jump in and, and really kind of like, you know, get all of the expertise that I can get from you in this uh, short podcast. So let's start talking about like, what would be like, you mentioned five secrets. So what would be like secret number one to getting yourself and getting your name out there? Yeah. So, you know, the industry that we are in can sometimes feel impossible to stand out in. Um, There is a lot of people in this industry, um, but that shouldn't be a barrier for people, um, you know, taking that step to sharing their message with the world. So my number one tip is networking. And it may seem really, really obvious, um, but so many people let this one defeat them. So it's possibly the most important one. Networking doesn't necessarily mean attending industry events and, you know, breakfasts and being uncomfortable and forcing yourself to talk to total strangers. You know, we've all been there. Um, I went to conferences years ago where I didn't know anybody. It was in a different country. And I think I spent every evening (laughs) watching Grey's Anatomy seasons, I won't even say one season, (laughs) seasons in my room um, because I didn't know anyone and I was too scared to go out and actually mingle with them after hours. Um, Mm -hmm. It it can 
come in so many different forms and I've gotten so much better at this as the years have gone on and as I have stepped into different roles in my profession. So, you know, with the world of social media, it can be as simple as reaching out on social media. Um, you know, last year we started working on a LinkedIn strategy, so connecting with um, people on LinkedIn is a part of networking. Um, as a student, I did four months of placement to help start that network that I had. Um, you know, what opportunities do you have? There's other people in your profession who are in different niches to you that could refer to you when they don't want to see the clients that um, come into them that aren't within their niche. So having connections with other people who do similar things to you um, is a really good way to be able to network for yourself as well. So what I want to ask you is who's in your network and how can you add to your network? So whatever method is going to work for you, make sure you put your best foot forward whenever you're making connections in this industry because you never know what a potential connection could offer you in the future. So make sure that you're always engaging, passionate, listening, informed when you're connecting with other people. Now, don't be afraid to ask others if they have any opportunities for you to come up, coming up. One example here that I wanted to pop in was um, when I was on mat leave with the twins, I actually just wanted a little bit of clinical work close to home. So in my pre-mat leave job, um, I was commuting and working in a really high, highly stressful job, quite client overload. And I'm like, I just actually just want to see a couple of people every now and then. Um, mm -hmm. And so I literally was going to Coles one day. And this new medical centre had opened up and I knew it was opening up and whatever, but I had like <laughs> two, I think they were about four months old, two four-month-old twins, a two-year-old and a five-year-old going into Coles to get our dinner for the night. And I literally just walked into this medical centre. The owner was on the front desk and I'm like, hey, I'm Brianna. I'm a dietitian. You don't have a dietitian here. Do you need one? <laughs> yeah, <we're> pretty, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and I got the job and I started working there once a month and it was just enough to fill up my cup so that I felt like I was still had you know a finger in the pie while I was on that leave and and you know the days and the nights were all rolling into one but it just gave me a little bit of my identity back hmm. so you know there can literally be opportunities for you walking into a supermarket yeah, so I love that so much because I think you're totally right. People think networking is just like going to this big event with a few hundred people and having to wear the name tags and do your, you know, elevator speech 10, Ooh. 20 times. And it doesn't have to be the only way. Like you mentioned, you can go into um, a clinic, you can go into a health food store, a supermarket, like just, you know, go in and make that first step. Don't wait for someone to come to you. And then I also love that re reframed idea of, you know, networking on social platforms. You mentioned LinkedIn, um, you know, Instagram's another great one. Uh, I think really anywhere where you can, you know, send a message to somebody and just make a little bit more of a connection. So I'm curious to kind of take this a little step further. Do you have like um, any kind of like script or anything that you would commonly say if you were trying to network over social media or even like walk into I guess those are two different scenarios, but, you know, what would, like, the first things you would say be? So I 
lead with being personal and yourself. You know, I think if you try to script things too much, it becomes uncomfortable because you're worried about what you're supposed to be saying and it's not necessarily coming out the way you want it to come out or particularly very natural. So if it's in-person stuff, you know, just be yourself. Let You're a very, very smart health professional. You're a smart cookie. Um, let the words flow and just be yourself. In terms of social media, um, just have conversations. Conversation leads to conversion. So have conversations with people um, you know, about whatever it is that they're kind of contacting you about, but don't always go for the sell straight away. Like get to know them, get to know where they are, um, you know, what their challenges are right now. And, and then that can lead into, you know, naturally what would you be able to help me with? So, I love that. Yeah, you're right. It's not about just being like, here's how, you know, I can help or sorry, here's, you know, what can you do for me? (laughs) Right. It's like, here's how I can help you and really sharing like the value you can bring. But again, being personable, totally right. I think actually um, a great example is when you had kind of reached out to me to ask if there was an opportunity to be on the podcast. It was a very just like warm, welcoming message, you know, where it was, um, it just felt like a very natural conversation. And and you're right, it wasn't like a very scripted pitch where I would feel maybe like, oh, I don't know, I feel a little bit turned off, right? So yeah. I think you're right, always lead with that, like, more um, natural, like who you are and use language you would actually use. Yeah, you are human. So act the way that you would when you're talking to your friends and your family, because these people are no different to them. Yeah, it's very true. So what would be the second secret to getting your name out there? We talked a little bit about, um, you know, the role of social media and being able to network, but it actually goes a little bit deeper than that. And social media has such a powerful tool for helping you get your name out there. Um, You know, if you think about it, you literally have access to an endless amount of people who you wouldn't otherwise be able to communicate with. So this is something that all health professionals need to be taking advantage of. You don't have to go all in with that sales pitch straight away, just like I said. Um, But, you know, you've got sponsored posts. You've got stories on Instagram to connect with people. You've got um, organic feed posting. You've got reels to add a bit of personality these days. Um, You've also got other people's communities. So, um, you know, Facebook community and groups are particularly great um I would say for getting your name out there and a really powerful tool I know myself in the early days I've grown my business using other people's Facebook groups um, and it's also a strategy that I do teach in my program um it just opens up that world to you Mm, absolutely I think that's a great tip too for people who are like it's hard to get my name out there when I have like a small following you know I'm only talking to the same hundred people over and over so you know um, really leveraging and kind of matching yourself up with another practitioner or maybe someone else in the industry or like maybe a health brand or something like that and um, leveraging their community I think is such a, a great idea and something that you know is um, free to do, right? You know, free to reach out and you just have to kind of take the jump to do it and then, um, you know, be ready for a yes or a no. But at the end of the day, it's again, you you know, you kind of putting yourself out there first. A hundred percent. And, you know, social media is literally a rabbit hole that you could go down and, you know, it needs 
a certain amount of time to be dedicated to it each week to be able to give you the results that you want. But, you know, there's some basic things that you can do that's going to set you up to put your best foot forward so that, you know, you can free up some of that time in order to be able to spend it networking with other people and engaging with people who are also on social media. So I've got a couple mm-hmm. of tips that I wanted to go through that's literally just about how to help you with your social media strategy um, in terms of making it work for you. So number one is always optimise your bio for conversion. Okay, it's really critical to achieve good conversion rates because your bio is what um, is included in Instagram's search algorithm. Okay, it's usually the first place that your audience will go to and read. So make sure that you have your name in there. Okay, make sure people know who you are. Fill in the first line with your tagline or what you do for who. Okay, your client articulation statement. Explain what you do or offer any and what you offer and what benefits or features that are important to the outcomes that you achieve for your audience in the next couple of lines. And then finish with a quick call to action. So what do you want people to do when they're looking at your bio? Where do you want to send them? Okay. That's great. Yeah, I love that. Make it clear that you're open to DMs. So let your visitors know that you can be easily contactable via DM. Remember, conversations lead to conversions. So encourage them to message you. Get some engagement happening. Where do you stand on um, the idea of like, you know, obviously you said, you know, let them know they can reach out to you, but do you recommend people reach out to their followers? Like, do you kind of say that it's like a two-way conversation and you can even start the conversation first? Uh, In certain situations. So, you know, if someone's joined my Facebook group, which is a little bit more personal than just a page, um, you know, it might be, hey, thanks for joining kind of thing, but there's no further intentions there. Um, But I'm not really one for, you know, hitting everyone up in the DMs without an agenda. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think, you know, especially as we I think it's okay to like welcome exactly like you said, like I have done that before on Instagram, like a little voice note to say like, Hey, thanks so much for following. But like you said, without the agenda to be like, and let me tell you about my program, right? We need time to nurture and, you know, have those people know, like, and trust us. But um, yeah, yeah, I I tend to agree with you. You don't, I don't really love those people who say like, you know, hundred or cold DM a hundred people a day. Like I think, sure that might work, but that's got to be exhausting and it might not be the approach you want to take. And look, I think it might work for other industries, but I don't think it's the right strategy for this industry. Mm, good point. Yeah, really good point. Ready to start your nutrition business but have no idea what steps you need to take? No problem. That's exactly why I've created a completely free workshop for you called Six Steps to Start Your Nutrition Biz and Sign Your First Paying Clients. In this on-demand workshop, I'm sharing my six-step roadmap to starting a successful nutrition business without a huge social media following or years of experience. I'll also share the top three mistakes I see most new nutritionists making when starting their business and how to avoid them, and the must-have tools you need to run a successful nutrition business and wow your clients from day one. Oh, and did I mention that the workshop is completely free? Sign up at stephanielong.ca slash workshop and get instant access right now.
Okay, so we've got networking, we've got social media. What would be the third secret to getting our name out there? So I actually did a really big training on this one last year, but I'm so passionate about it. Market to a niche. So when you're trying to build brand awareness, it's tempting to market yourself to the masses, you know, in the hope of attracting as much interest as you can. But often this kind of strategy just dilutes your message um, and you speak to no one. So try and focus on getting your name out there and amongst your chosen niche. Tailor your messaging and activities towards a specific group of people that you hope to foster that connection with um, and you want them to consider you as someone, as a, an expert in that area and the go-to person. And you'll find that when you're speaking to that one person, that it's going to resonate so much more powerfully than if you sent out a really vague vanilla um, message because, you know, people have heard the vanilla stuff before. They want to know Mm -hmm. what exactly is in it for them based on who they are, to speak to who they are. So would you say then that not having a niche, you know, especially in the online space is going to hurt your business and actually um, stop you from getting clients? Yeah. So I would say that your business as a whole might focus on something quite broadly, but your social media account really needs to hone in on that one ideal audience. So for example, I might be a dietitian who focuses on women's health and I take um, clients across the gamut, you know, of women's health, premenopausal, postmenopausal, perimenopausal, fertility, pregnancy, breastfeeding, postpartum, um, PCOS, endo, like all of that women's health stuff. But my social media page might just specifically be for that one client that I really want to attract. So when you have a niche, it's not saying no to everyone else. It's helping the people that you want to attract find you. Mm, That's really smart. Yeah, that's a good differentiation there. And I think, um, again, like we think when we're niching down, we're going to not have anybody there. We're cutting all these potential people out. But I think what you're saying is like, no, you're being even more clear about who you are calling in. And Uh then that person can feel like, oh, she's talking to me, right? And then that feels much more personal. I tend to use the example of think about a bell-shaped curve. So if you've got a bell-shaped curve, you want the people in the middle up the top to be finding you. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to say no to the other people that still find you and want to work with you. But that's your mm-hmm. prerogative to be able to choose, hey, my books are full with my you know ideal clients. Or, hey, I do have space for you and I'd really love to work with you. Let's do this. I love that reframing so much. You know, um, it feels a little bit softer, I think, of an approach than just like you can only work with your ideal client or someone in your niche. And, you know, sometimes when you're just getting started, you don't have all of those people there yet. So, you know, you kind of have to weigh, does it make more sense to get practice and to help someone than to just be so, you know, rigid and only sticking with this one person. So I I really appreciate that you said that. I love that. I think people try and overcomplicate a niche as well. And like, there's no need to do it. Like a niche is just a related topic that revolves around a problem or an outcome. Yeah. Very, very true. Okay. I would love to go on to the fourth secret. I feel like we're on a roll, so we might as well keep going. (laughs) (laughs) 
So my fourth one is collaborate and one of my most favorite types of um, work that I do with the ambitious dietitian. Um, you know, essentially you're aligning yourself with someone else in the industry that you want to work with um, to create a partnership, okay? So whether you do that on an Instagram Live or whether you do it with a Facebook Live or an IGTV or a, a takeover um, or you could do, you know, podcasts or blogs that you're collaborating on, um, you could do events together, there is so many opportunities to be able to collaborate with someone else. The key here is to collaborate with someone else who has the same audience as you, but offers a different service. So mm. given that my experience um, for a very long time was in um, diabetes, I wouldn't be going collaborating with another diabetes dietitian. Who I would be collaborating with, though, might be a social worker or a um, exercise physiologist or a diabetes educator. So again, they're working with the same clients that I want to work with, but we're not in competition for that client because we don't offer the same thing. We complement each other. Yeah. Wow. I love that. That's a really great way to look at it. The complementary relationships. Um, I remember once I heard this concept from um, a Canadian marketing coach. I don't know if you would know him over there in Australia, but um, his name is Tad Hargrave. And he talks a lot about hub marketing, like H-U-B hub. Yep. And he says, you know, that's the, that yeah, hub, that's the the key to it and is exactly what you're saying is like hubbing yourself up or, you know, you're the person in the middle and then you have all of these people around you with all of their networks. And when you start looking at it like that, um, you can start seeing how your network can grow exponentially faster than you trying to, you know, boots to the ground, do it all yeah, by yourself. It will amplify all of your marketing efforts. Yeah, I love it so much. I'm I'm a huge fan of collaborating. And it sounds like you are as well, um, you know, even reaching out and doing podcast pitching and and collaborating with other uh, business coaches and, and people in the industry. So would you say that then the strategy for collaborating would be similar to the networking strategy where it's about just creating a conversation, showing how you could be of value and being yourself? Or is there like a different strategy to this? No, it's very similar. The key is to make sure that who you're reaching out to isn't in competition with you. But the strategy is very similar. You know, it's identifying those people, um, making sure that their message aligns with your message and that you want to be, um, you know, partnering with them and then starting those conversations. So starting the conversations on whatever platform you are both on. Um, and if you have any ideas for how you want to collaborate together, um, you know, talk to them about your ideas rather than uh, getting them to come up with all of it. Because if you're helping them and making the process easier, they're more likely to say yes. Oh, very true. So a question that I have that I'm kind of curious if other people like listening or might be thinking this is, you know, if you're asking, let's say, again, um, your dietitian and you want to work with, um, like I forget some of your examples, but uh, was it an exercise physiologist? Was that yeah, the yep, person? Yep, yep. Okay, perfect. So let's say you're, again, dietitian, you want to work with this exercise physiologist. Would you reach out 
and have this conversation? And then would you be offering payment for the collaboration or are collaborations free? Um, I really believe that it's different based on what collaboration you're hoping to achieve as to whether or not they're going to be paid or not. So for example, if you're um, you want to join forces with someone to be a guest on their blog or a guest in their podcast, um, that they, I believe, would generally be, um, you know, value add to them and of benefit to them to have a guest, etc. as well as, um, you know, to grow from your audience once you're promoting that. So I think that that reciprocal relationship allows that those kind of collaborations are able to be done free of charge. If, however, you're looking at, you know, creating a packaged service together, um, that may be something that you incorporate financial um, results from. So, for example, um, if you were going to partner with a fitness trainer or a a spa or um, something like that, geared towards a client that you're trying to attract, say, again, in weight loss, because that's where my experience is, you might be splitting those fees that you're making from that collaboration. Mm, Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah. I think it's always safe to say like, just start the conversation and see where it goes. Like you said, maybe if it's just like collaborating and doing a training for their audience or something like that, it would be, um, you know, a free of charge, but you're right. If you're like creating a product to sell together or an offer to sell together, then yeah, you'd have to look at more of that partnership model and how you're splitting, you know, any money, um, any profits and things like that. So it makes sense. Okay. So when Um, you're talking about collaborations, you know, the one thing I want you guys to take away from today is develop a wish list of offers and ideas to pitch to people that you want to partner with. So collaborative marketing is meant to be a win-win situation for both parties. Make a list of what is possible from your business point of view um, and what kind of benefits you can deliver to yourself, your brand and somebody else, and then start pitching that list. Don't wait. Use this podcast as motivation for you to start doing that. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) A little kick in the butt that we all need. So thank you for saying that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So what would be the last secret to get ourselves out there? This is a little bit more focusing on yourself, but I want you to continue to educate yourself. So educate yourself on the specifics within your industry, whether that's related to your niche, to finding more about running a business, um, you know, seminars on mindset or anything that focuses on continuous development. It's a great opportunity to get your name out in the industry, but it also gives you a chance to network with other people in the same area as you. Um, you know, I've met some really great friends from conferences that I've been to. Um, and that was just purely because I wanted to go and upskill myself in a certain area. Um, again, there's courses that I've done that's actually helped me to connect with other people to be of service to my audience. So um, last year I did a mastermind program um, with a coach here in Australia and I actually connected with one of the other Um, group members who is a LinkedIn professional and that's how I started getting my LinkedIn set up Um, and then we also ran a training for my clients on how to get their LinkedIn set up Um, so continue to educate yourself so that you can be the best person in your industry um, 
and you're able to put your best foot forward. Yeah. And I guess another way to kind of bring that a step further is also looking at it as um, a way to differentiate yourself from other people in your niche um, or to, you know, um, create that, what is it, USP, unique selling proposition, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If you have a little bit more experience or maybe you did like a like a niche training or something, or, or you're an expert in one area, a lot of your peers aren't, that's going to help you stand out as well. 100%. You want to be offering your audience and your clients something new, something innovative, and something industry uh, interesting. You don't just want to be um, the person that offers a one-off, one-on-one consult. Like, how can you actually support your audience and your ideal clients in innovative ways? Mm-hmm. And do something maybe a little bit different than the status quo. Not like you have to reinvent the whole wheel, but, you know, stand out a little bit uniquely from all of your peers. Well, this has been so great, Brianna. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise. You know, all of those five secrets like networking, um, social media, marketing to a niche, collaborating, continuing to educate yourself. I think these are all very practical ways that somebody can, um, you know, really get themselves out there and do it in a way that isn't super overwhelming and also in a way that's not costing them tons of money, which I think we all um, can really appreciate as well. So thank you again for being here and I'd love for you to just share with the audience um, where they can learn more about you and anything that you want to promote. Thank you. It's been a blast for this early morning. Um, I'm so glad that we were able to connect, Stephanie, and thank you for having me. Um, For anybody who does want to follow us, we are at The Ambitious Dietitian um, on social media. We do have a Facebook community. Um, It is Dietitians in Business. Everybody is welcome. Um, I have a ultimate roadmap to marketing your business um, ebook that if you wanted to, you know, go through the 10 steps that are in there, I think anybody listening to this episode would get a, a lot of value out of, again, like what Stephanie said before, those low cost marketing strategies that you can use in those early stages of your career um, and as a business owner for people who are just trying to gain some traction in their business. So um, that is freely downloadable on our website, theambitiousdietitian.com. And for anybody interested in working with us, most people um, who do work with us would work with us in a one-on-one capacity and that is through our six-month program Thrive. Um, You know I know you're a really great practitioner but sometimes getting bogged down in the logistics of what you need to do to market your business. So we combine um, my industry knowledge with Daniel's marketing expertise Um, And we have a social media educator who you will be meeting with monthly and you meet me monthly and together we get you the skills that you need to be able to market your business, gain your ideal clients and be fulfilled in your business. Oh, I love that. I love that you have the business coaching support, the social media support, the marketing web design support. It's a trifecta that we all need support with. So it's great. You have all of that included. And I will put all of the links for your social media and also for your Thrive program um, in the show notes if anyone's interested in taking a look and giving Brianna and her team a follow. Yeah, come and follow along. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Okay. Well, this has been a blast. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, it's been really great. Thanks for sharing all your knowledge and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend or take us on social media. Catch you next time.